Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of the Phillies Focus Podcast. I'll be your host, Lucas, and thank you for tuning in. So a few things I'm going to touch base on in this episode. I will be getting into Aaron Nola's potential contract extension by the end of spring training. Andrew Painter's early impressions from his first start before he got injured and season expectations moving forward. I'll be touching base on the state of the bullpen and going over the locks as well as the final ace spot and who I think it should go to. I'll be getting into, let's see, the final two position spots that are available and who's battling out and who I think should get them. And a couple miscellaneous things at the end as far as potential lineup borders, pre-Bryce Harper return, and just some other fun stuff at the end. So without further ado, let's get this started. So has anybody been watching the World Baseball Classic? Our boy, our new boy, Trey Turner, has making a, a good run for MVP. He, uh, in the quarterfinal against Venezuela, when it looked like they weren't going to be pulling it out, he hit a grand slam in the top of the eighth inning with an 0-2 count, blasted it to left field, and then um, they ended up pulling out the victory 9-7. to Then they were down 7-5 when he came up with the bases loaded, nobody out, and just blasted it. Got a got a hanging changeup that he didn't miss on. So got a lot to look forward to this season with our new $300 million boy. And then he followed that that game up in the semifinal against Cuba. Cuba. He ended up having two home runs. Um, so looking good, looking real good. Um Schwarber has, I think he homered in the first game in the uh, qualifying round, and he's been walking, you know, doing doing Kyle Schwarber things. And um, let's see, Real Muto's been solid. They they were batting seven, eight, nine in the semifinal, um, so that was fun to see. So yeah, got a lot to look forward to there. Just following along in spring training, their starting rotation has definitely been hit with the injury bug. I mean, we had Suarez come back early from Team Venezuela uh, from the World Baseball Classic due to soreness in his elbow. So they've been they've been treading lightly, as Walter White would say, with with uh, Ranger Suarez. They they expect him as of today. Um, to be ready for his first start in the rotation come April, but they're really only looking at getting about three or tops four innings out of him. So that'll be a slow progression. Um, similar to last year, if if you all remember, he showed up late um, to spring training because he was having a visa issue um, from his home country where he... Uh, he wasn't able to get to spring training on time, so it delayed his uh, workload going into the regular season. So he got off to a slow start last year. And, um, yeah, it kind of took until, I want to say, mid to late May, if not early June, for him to really kind of reach his, slot, uh, his stride because he was so delayed with his conditioning 
due to the visa issue. So that's something to keep an eye on. Um, they don't want to tax their bullpen, you know, right out of the gate too much. But at this point, it's kind of looking like that's going to be something that they're going to have to deal with. Um, they have Nola and Wheeler right now pitching minor league simulation games. I was reading today that's due to them wanting to control the pitch count um, better uh, in terms of their gameplay as opposed to throwing them out in spring training when kind of have to go through the mercy of, of uh, you know how the games work and as opposed to controlling the ins and outs of the innings regardless of the outs you can move on to another inning so you can keep their uh their conditioning intact so we're not going to see them this next week i'm not sure if they'll get one more start in spring training or if they're going to continue with the um this uh, the uh minor league simulation games so in addition to that then we also have taiwan walker who is currently still um in the world baseball classic right now Mexico is playing Japan. Um, it looks like they might hang on to victory. It's late in the game. They're up 3 nothing. Um, so I believe he might be lined up to start against USA in the championship game as of now. I'm not 100% on that, but um, it, he has been pitching very well for Team Mexico. Um, so that is encouraging, at least. We have, we have three out of um, the four that are looking healthy and, and gearing up. And then, um, obviously, Andrew Painter went down um, after his two-inning debut in spring training. And doesn't look like anything too serious. I was reading an article, I believe it was by Ken Rosenthal, who stated that I believe over 85% of players of his injury have uh, avoided surgery. Um, there's two different types of UCL injuries, and um, he has the much less severe injury in terms of uh, <clears throat> early reports that I that I read. So it is encouraging moving forward that it doesn't seem like it's anything too serious. Right now they have April 1st as a potential starting date to kind of re-begin some conditioning and kind of ease back into the throwing motion and then... Um, it's looking like another target would be early May to start back in the minors and um, re-begin his hopeful ascension back to the Phillies rotation that they were hoping that he would be breaking out of camp. Um, so that's something to keep an eye on. I'm, I'm thinking that at this point they'll most likely wait until July to avoid um, the service time so that they can extend his arbitration one more year but I don't really it doesn't really sound like uh, Dave Dombrowski is too concerned with the contract situation that it could pertain to years down the line they're really just kind of ready to get him going as soon as he's ready to go because his stuff is just so good I mean if any of you saw his two innings against against the twins um Correa, Carlos Correa ended up getting a hit, but he really jammed him, and it wasn't hard contact at all. It was just hit in the right spot of the infield to where he was able to to reach base on it. But, um, yeah, he had some nasty uh, strikeouts. They're calling the one pitch um, a sweeper that he got in and low and just check swing by the batter, but made him look silly. And these are – they were – he went through a big league lineup. They were they were twins regulars that he was 
kind of making look silly. So, um, yeah, a lot to be excited about there. I mean, of course, the early injury concerns are were a bit alarming, but it's kind of over the course of time, you know, pump the brakes a little bit on that, um, you know, cata- overly catastrophizing what uh, the injury that occurred. So a lot to look forward to there. And how how long has it been since we've had anyone in the starting rotation to be this excited about? I mean, going back a few years, Sixto, San- Sixto Sanchez was um, looking really, really good. And once we signed Harper, we kind of went all in and traded him in, in the Real Muto trade. Um, and he ended up having a really good rookie season then in the in the COVID year with the Marlins and even won a playoff game against the veteran Cubs, the the kind of last iteration of that Cubs team that won the World Series. And so his, his career was looking off to a great start, potential ace uh, stuff, but he's been really bit by the injury bug ever since that season so it hasn't panned out as of yet well uh still to be determined what's going to happen with six though but um he's still at the time that we traded him wasn't quite um being hyped up to that of Andrew Painter I mean even Cole Hamels back in the day I don't think uh we were quite as anticipating of his debut as as we are with Painter so um yeah, just really exciting there. I mean, and then we have Mick Abel, uh, who's, I believe, the number 48th prospect um, on Baseball America. Um, so on on the vast majority of MLB teams, Mick Abel would be the guy that we'd be hyping up, you know, counting down the days until his debut. And we have the luxury of he's, he's almost an afterthought when, when, talking of, uh, when talking of Andrew Painter. And Andrew Painter is a year younger, I think even maybe uh, closer to two years younger. He was drafted a year after Abel, uh, both of them out of high school. So Abel, uh, he got sent down to minor league training camp a few weeks ago, but due to the scarcity in in our uh, spring training starting pitching, we, um, we called him back up and he made a start, I believe, two days ago and pitched two innings. He struck out Austin Riley and Ozzie Albies of the uh, – of the Braves and looked really good in, in the process. So Dombrowski's kind of quelling, um, hyping him up too much in terms of uh, getting all into the majors uh, soon this season. There, It seems like there's a possibility towards uh, later in the year, depending on the state of our rotation and injuries, that he might be able to make a spot start here and there. Same with uh, Griff McGarry, who... I saw pitch a, a few times in spring training. He had a couple rough outings, but he was still just finding his feet. Um, his biggest issue has always been and still is uh, command issues. He notoriously had a lot of walks in the College World Series with uh, University of Virginia, and then he kind of slipped through the cracks in the in the draft because of that, and we snagged him up. And last year, he ascended through the minor leagues pretty rapidly due to honing in some of his his command issues and um he made it all the way up to triple a by the end of the year he was playing in lehigh valley um the iron pigs and so he uh he has the potential to make uh some spot starts there as well um as need be throughout the 
duration of the long season and um so he we got a lot of depth in our st- our younger starting pitching that's coming up um a lot to keep our eyes on there so that'll be something to keep tabs on as the season progresses and um i plan to get to it looks like mick abel is going to be starting off in breading uh for the double a uh in in double a um so I plan to keep tabs on that, hopefully get to a couple games and, and check them out. So I'll, uh, I'll keep you all updated on the progress throughout the season on all three of those young pitchers. Um, let's see, I, I said I was going to get into Aaron Nola's contract extension. Time is running out. He did go on the record in saying that he um, <clears throat> didn't want, he created a deadline at, for uh, opening day that he didn't want to pursue contract negotiations after uh, spring training ends. So time is running out. We, we only got about, let's see, nine more days until opening day. So I haven't heard much news on on that front um, in, a, in a few weeks now. Uh, last I heard, his agent, they were working diligently with the Phillies front office. And... Um, yeah, yeah, I'm thinking it's tough to kind of gauge. I mean, he's been one of the most durable pitchers uh, or the most durable pitcher since, I believe, 2018. Um, and with the market just skyrocketing, I mean, his his stuff and his war, particularly his F war, has been among the game's best pitchers, um, particularly last year. I think he finished third in all of baseball. Um, so... It's going to be tough to gauge how much and if he's willing to take a, any type of discount. If the uh, You have Carlos uh, Rodon, who for the Yankees last year, I believe he got six years, um, $162 million, I believe, right in that neighborhood. So a lot of people early on were saying that Nola should fall right into that category, but he's been, he's been better than Rodon. Uh, and he has been more durable significantly. Um, So I'm thinking that he's probably going to be valued a little bit higher than that. Um, The Phillies' MO for uh, for years now has been to take longer years and lower annual average value to get the... uh, to you know kind of open up per season so that they can allocate money elsewhere while they're pursuing this championship run um so i've been i've been seeing reports they could go as high as eight years with nola um in the neighborhood of 200 million um i've been seeing reports six years uh one 170 um so a lot to keep tabs on there but i mean at the end of the day i think that we need it's very important to go into this season with him locked up because that's going to be a distraction as we're trying to get back to the World Series and, and hopefully win one this year. That's just going to kind of be an unwanted storyline throughout the season. Um, and then, you know, if he pitches anywhere in the neighborhood of what he did last year, he's going to get paid. He's going to get paid big time. So it's I, I think it's imperative that we kind of find a way to get this locked up over the course of the next nine days. Um, so that's something to keep our eye on as well. And yeah, uh, Dombrowski, I, I really hope uh, you're able to get this done for us because 
if we lock him up, really our only key player on the team who isn't locked through next season and basically through 2024 would be would be Hoskins, um, someone who a lot of people don't believe is in the uh, the future plans in terms of at first base there. We're going to probably save a little bit of money there and maybe go a little defensive-oriented or leave the door open for someone like Alec Bohm or um, or maybe Real Muto towards uh, as he gets goes up there in aging to get more looks at first base. Um, but it, nothing's out of the possibility. Hoskins has gone on the record as little as I think a week ago I was reading that him and his wife call are very content in Philadelphia and that they would love to lock into a multi-year deal. I saw an article placing him in the range of four years, 60 million, which I, I thought was pretty low for someone of his offensive capability um, with swinging the bat, obviously. And um, I do see him more as a DH, which kind of hinders with the, particularly with the Cassianos signing last year, that kind of throws a wrench into the possibility of Hoskins staying with the team long term because ideally we want to use that DH to kind of platoon players and give them breaks and, you know, um, put out more of a defensive-minded team at at given times, Uh, give Cassianos a break in right, give Schwarber a break in left, give give, uh, Bohm a break in third, which obviously I guess you can put him at first base, but... um, yeah, still a lot left on the table in terms of Hoskins' future in Philadelphia. Um, he's a Scott Bur- uh, Boris guy, which is always always polarizing in, in terms of uh, getting a deal done, and especially a team-friendly deal. Um, so that's something I will probably touch more more uh, on in the coming episodes is or um, a potential Hoskins extension, which... Doesn't look very likely at this point, um, but but we'll see. Stranger things have happened, of course. Um, I also would like to get into. I, I already got into the ro- state of the rotation, but at this point, we uh, the time is ticking on that fifth starter, and it is it is looking all but certain that it is Bailey Falter's job to lose going into the season. Um, we all know how well he performed in August and September last year, uh, particularly when Wheeler went on the IL um, due to his soreness. Um, Falter was huge. It's very arguably arguable that we would not have made the playoffs last year without his contributions down the stretch. Um, Just performed great in August and September. I don't have the numbers on me now, but... um, I know his ERA in August was sub uh, three five zero, and even better in September. Um, I believe it was below three in September, with uh, I believe four or five starts. Um, so he he really carried them um, in the absence of probably their best starting pitcher last year, well, Nolo Wheeler, one A and one B. Who it's hard to really rank them, but. Um, yeah, when Wheeler went down, Falter was great. Um, we also know how he performed uh, against San Diego in his playoff start. He didn't even make it out of the first inning. But starts like that happen. Um, 
I'm sure there were a lot of nerves. I'm, I believe it was a, a home game for them, and they still uh, were able to come back and win the game. But I know that he has been quoted at, uh, saying in spring training that the entire off season he hasn't been able to think about anything else uh, but that start against San Diego in the in the NLCS. And um, I don't know. That's kind of a polarizing statement in the sense that I don't. I don't know how to take that in the sense that, okay, so he has a chip on his shoulder and he wants to redeem himself, obviously, but then, you know, he probably should have also been focusing on all of the things that he did right uh, down the stretch of the regular season and trying to build on that. Um, so that was just one quote, and I'm sure that there's a lot more depth there to just making it into a black and white psychological aspect of what he was doing but um so far he hasn't looked too great in spring training he's still catching his feet but um you know that that that'll happen and that kind of makes gives some balance to the rotation to uh puts two lefties in the mix with wheeler nola and walker obviously and then suarez and falter uh towards the end with with the lefty lefty that'll kind of split the rotation up um potentially and then so it was looking like I was hoping we were going to do a six-man rotation to kind of give everyone a break and um, after last year's deep run, kind of give them that extra day where we could have Painter at five and potential falter uh, putting in work as a as a six-man. Um, but that doesn't look like, obviously, that's going to come to fruition at least until later of the season, probably not even then. <clears throat> um and that kind of segues into the state of the bullpen, which is vastly, vastly improved from last year. And even last year, it ended on such a high note. It's particularly in September, they became one of the uh, the better bullpens in baseball down the stretch and carried that into their playoff run, where they were they were lights out uh, for 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 a long time, really until the end of the the World Series, when kind of the whole team kind of ran out of gas understandably at that point but um when it comes to what sir anthony was able to do um towards the end of the year there when it comes to obviously alvarado um ever since he got demoted to triple a midseason he came back to be arguably a top three uh reliever in the in the sport um for the last few months into october um so so we got them back looking real good. He was the closer for Team Venezuela uh, in the World Baseball Classic, and he, he was, his stuff was looking right where he left off um, last year in October. So that's very encouraging. We we Andrew Bellotti is back, um, and he he had some huge out of the, outs in the playoffs, particularly against Atlanta. He was looking really lights. I had some huge huge outs. Um, I believe in game. Game one and and game three, I believe, if I remember right. So we got him back looking good. Uh, Connor Brogdon will be back, and then and then we got the new guys. Uh, unfortunately, we let David Robertson go, who I was a big fan of. Um, he had his command issues were became pretty pre- prevalent um, at some points in the season. I mean, the game five of the NLCS when he only was able to get one out. I mean, the uh, with the weather conditions of that game, it was pretty understandable. I mean, Sir Anthony had three wild pitches the entire season, and he had three wild pitches in that 
inning as well. So that kind of happens. But, um, yeah, I'll miss Robertson. He seemed like a real good guy, a real good locker room guy. Um, but his kind of straight-up replacement seems like it, it's Craig Kimbrell, um, Mr. Awkward Pitching Stance Craig Kimbrell. Um, so that that should be interesting. The, the Phillies um, front office truly believes that he had a down few years. Um, last year in Los Angeles, he was he started the year as their closer. He didn't even make the playoff roster. Roster, he was pitching so bad at the end of the year. Um, but they they have a lot of faith that he can have a resurgence year this year and um, kind of be a high leverage reliever. Whether he could pitch anywhere, really, I read from the fifth inning to the ninth. Um, they're gonna release him just to kind of go all out in particular particular situations um so I'm kind of I'm kind of hopeful that he's going to be a very integral part of our uh of a really good bullpen this year um another guy I'm really big on is Matt Stram who we get who we signed for two years 15 million from Boston last year he is a former starter uh left-handed pitcher who hasn't started in in a few years but um he has the experience in the minors as being a starter, so they're hoping to deploy him as a potential long reliever, um, especially earlier in the year as we're kind of working through some starting pitching um, issues and and development and things of that nature. Um, but yeah, he throws in the high 90s. Uh, he's another left-hander that we have at our arsenal now. It, um, so I'm, I'm really, really big on the Matt Stram signing. He could... He could uh, open a game on one given week, um, and then he could close in the very same week. Potentially, I was reading. He uh, he joked around. He said he wanted to be uh, have ten starts this year and ten saves. Um, <clears throat> I think that that was a a pretty ambitious goal, especially in terms of the starts. But but we'll we'll see with him. He uh, I'm really big on him. I I think that was a really good signing at seven and a half million over the next two years and then the big trade for Gregory Soto from Detroit where we sent uh Matt Vierling and Nick Maton to Detroit back in um in between Christmas and New Year's I believe it was so he him and Alvarado are now the two um hardest throwing left-handed pitchers in the sport um or they might be uh resigned to relief pitchers but even so if they're the two hardest throwing left-handed relief pitchers in all of baseball and we have both of them now so he's another guy who is notoriously or traditionally I should say struggled with command issues but the Phillies um, pitching staff and organization has kind of become another one of their MOs to um, they have a lot of confidence in their ability to hone in pitchers that have really really nasty stuff who have trouble uh locating we've seen it with Alvarado um as well as some other other guys throughout the years so that is another guy that they think that they can kind of turn into a very high leverage um reliever who is you know going to be integral to their their success in the late innings and um so yeah they they really really loaded up in terms of their back end bullpen stuff, um, they have 
five guys who can reasonably close games now between Sir Anthony, Stram, Alvarado, Soto, and, and Kimbrell. Um, and then you have guys like Brogdon, who who we all know uh, he has really good stuff, and he pitched pretty good down the stretch last year, and as well as a few t- few spots in the playoffs, he came up pretty big. Um, so those are our seven locks in the bullpen that is has the potential to be one of the better bullpens in baseball, especially the National League, um, especially National League East with uh, with Edwin Diaz going down now for the whole year. Uh, David David Robertson, as I was mentioning, is probably going to become the Mets' closer now. So by disparity, we are looking pretty, pretty good in our division um, as far as the bullpen's concerned. So lot to look forward to there, a lot to keep tabs on. Um, Sir Anthony is, is regaining his velocity as spring training's going on, so that's been, ni- been nice to see. So we got the ace eighth spot that is still kind of open. You have Nick Nelson, who I'm not too big on. He's a potential long reliever slash starter option, so they like his versatility, but he, uh, he leaves a lot to be desired, in my opinion. Um, we traded for Eric... Ullman, I believe is how you pronounce his name, from the Cubs. So he's a potential rotating option as we go through high usage through the season and injury bugs and things of that nature. So we have a lot more depth than we've had in the past. A guy that I'm really, really big on, who we traded for from the Giants, we traded uh, a pitcher from Reading, um, Eric Miller, who was who was looking like a pretty decent prospect, but we traded him for Junior Marte from the Giants who has looked downright electric so far in spring training. Um, just a really nasty splitter, a uh, really nasty slider. Um, his fastball uh, is in the upper 90s, um, and he is just making some hitters look downright stupid in um, in spring training. Uh, so he's a guy I would love to see get that A spot because he has the potential if they can hone him into, he could be a back-end type of guy as well. Um, so we could just be absolutely loaded up with with guys with just nasty, nasty stuff and and just um, high velocity throughout the, the entire bullpen, I believe. Um, so that is my pick for the A spot as of now. We still got another uh, week plus of games left. I believe we have eight games left in spring training to kind of iron out the final uh, spots available. <clears throat> so moving on, we got about two position spots available left. Um, our locks on the bench are Garrett Stubbs as the backup catcher. We signed Josh Harrison in the offseason. Um, so he is going to be our utility guy in the infield, it looks like. So he is a lock as well. Um, we also have locked up, uh, obviously, Edmundo Sosa, who is taking reps in center field to try to potentially be a right-handed option um, to sub in for Marsh as need be or against um, against left-handed pitching, which uh, they want Marsh to be a regular against uh, everyday uh, player this year. But there's going to be times where he's going to need a day off and keeping tabs on his results against left-handed pitching if it's less than to be desired, they're going to want a right-handed backup uh, bat to deploy in games which they the other team has a left-hander starting. Um, so that'll be something to keep an eye on. Sosa 
at times has looked like a, a guy who has never played center field professionally before, but um, he's also looked promising at times. So it, it takes time to develop confidence, and they're, they've been working him pretty diligently in spring training so far. So that's been it's been fun to watch kind of their philosophy on that. But um, so Sosa, Stubbs, and Harrison are all locks um, for the bench, and that leaves about uh, two spots available. Um, so the guys that are kind of battling it out right now are Derek Hall, who uh, who I think is looking like almost a shoe-in now for that first spot. Um, coming into spring training, it was totally up in the air whether he was going to be able to make the team, but he's performed really, really well. He's hit, He's even hit left-handed pitching pretty decently, which he really didn't do at all in the minors last year and I think he only had like 10 at bats or less in the majors against left-handed pitching but he's been hitting that well he's hit been hitting for power he's had a couple hits to the right side that wouldn't have been hits last year due to the shift um so he's looking like a guy in my opinion I, I do believe that he is going to make the team which leaves one spot left um the final guy's kind of battling it out for that final spot you're really going to have to have a guy who can play the outfield get that, which um, Cody Clemens, who also came over in the um, Gregory Soto trade from Detroit, he has usually been a corner infield utility player, but they, they do believe he can play the corner outfield spots as well. Um, they don't. It doesn't really seem like he can play center so far, so that's kind of a knock against him, and Plus, he's Roger Clemens' son, which screw Roger Clemens. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, so he he's a guy that there's an option there. He'll he'll definitely get looks throughout the season if he doesn't make the team um, as injuries pop up or you know doubleheaders things of that nature. But I don't believe that he is really in the running for that final spot. And then um, you have Scott Kingery, who is being talked about as having a potential resurgence back to, I believe it was his 2019 season, when he actually had a pretty good season for the Phillies. Um, a lot of people forget that, but he performed pretty well all over the diamond defensively. He was he was being deployed, you know, as a Swiss Army knife. And um, really, as we all know, has, has lost uh, all of his abilities at the plate ever since then. But... He's looking pretty good in spring training. I mean, it's it's he's coming in later in the game, so he's going up against double uh, A and triple A rosters for the most part. But he's hitting he's hitting well. He's playing good defense, and he's he's catapulted him back himself back into the rotation, which is encouraging. So we will we'll, we'll see we'll see about that. I I don't think he'll make the team, but he will definitely get looks throughout the season as well. So that'll be something to keep an eye on. So I really believe the final spot is down to Jake Cave and Dalton Guthrie. The obvious plus that Guthrie has over Cave is that he's right-handed. But he doesn't really have much experience in center field. You have Jake Cave who, in his rookie season in Minnesota, I mean this is dating back uh, four-plus years ago now, but he played 91 games in total. Um He's played over 40 games in his career in center field. So he has a he's a defensive upgrade uh throughout their the corner outfield spot. So he could be deployed 
late in games when you want to uh, have a better defensive lineup, uh, trying to hold on to a lead in the late innings. And also his bat, it seems to be coming back around. He he had a pretty severe injury, I believe, a back injury in 2020 or 21 that really kind of um, stunted his his playtime and his ability to to hit uh, all over the field. But early on in his career, in his 91 game debut, he batted 265 with an OPS of 768. Um, now he does bat left, so that's the the negative to him potentially backing up Brandon Marsh as part of a platoon, which they they could do with uh, Guthrie as well. But like I said, I'm I'm not sure of the status on Guthrie playing defensively at center field. So it's kind of um, it's something I was reading last week that the Phillies are actively looking for a right-handed. Um, they're they're shopping around for a right-handed outfield outfielder who could uh, back up all positions. Um, so that's something I haven't heard much on that front since that initial report came out, but. Um, but I'm big on Jake Cave. I really am. He He's not terrible against left-handed pitching the way Brandon Marsh has been, so you could deploy him in center field um, to give Marsh a day off, potentially. You could also put Sosa in center field if we, if we keep giving him reps, and it looks like he can um, potentially play that position at at least an average level. As of the current, the current iteration, I would go with Derek Hall and Jake Cave for the final two position spots on the bench um that'll give them plenty of versatility in the infield you can have sosa roaming around you can have um Derek hall giving hoskins a day off at first base and then you can have cave uh spelling cassianos in in right and schwarber in left and even marsh in center as well as sosa kind of platooning in there as well um so that would give them a lot of versatility early on and then you still have guys like Clemens and Kingery playing in Lehigh Valley ready for a call-up at any given time. Yeah, that's kind of those are kind of the last pressing questions as we march forward to opening day now, get into potential lineup possibilities for the Phils. So say if we, if we go with Hall and we have Hall in the lineup, uh, DH in, I, I would look at, um, it sounds like Turner, Turner will be leading off. I uh, I heard Thompson talking about that, and it does sound like Turner will be our leadoff guy, as as expected. I mean, when you sign someone of his capability to that contract, he he's a natural he's a natural leadoff hitter. So we got Turner, and then Schwarber batting two. I would put Hoskins batting three, and Real Muto batting cleanup until Harper comes back, which will get into that more as the time approaches if we think Harper will be batting three again like he did at the end of at the end of last year um so with all in the lineup I'd go Turner Schwarber Hoskins Real Muto and then I would split up the right-handed bats and put Hall number five which he was batting cleanup a lot last year when Harper was out and uh and he was filling in as a DH so I'd split up the right-handed batters uh and avoid going back to back to back with Hoskins, Real Muto, and Cassianos. So I'd put a Hall 5, Cassianos 6, Bohm 7, uh, Stott 8, and Marsh 9. Say if we have Sosa in the lineup as more of a defensive lineup and you could move Bohm to first base and make Hoskins DH, I would have Turner, Schwarber, Hoskins, Real Muto. 
I put Cassianos at five. You could you could, again you're going back to back to back righties. I guess Bohm six would make it four in a row, but you don't have too many options when you're bringing in Sosa defensively to kind of rotate that order too much. Um, you could get creative with it, but again with Sosa in the lineup, I would go Turner, Schwarber, Hoskins, Real Muto, Cassianos, Bohm, Stott, Sosa, Marsh. So there's a lot of variables that you could play with there, and there will obviously be a lot of other um, platoon guys that are filling in as well. But um, it seems like the only certainty right now is is Turner leading off, and I would presume that Schwarber will be batting second behind Turner as well. So those are your potential lineup uh, spots. Still, like I said, season is approaching quick, and... We are getting there. We are getting there, Phil's fans. Hopefully for the beginning of another run, I do expect better things in the regular season, particularly through, uh, let's see, May. May should be a much better month than it was last year. I mean, to go into June, eight games below 500, um, I don't see that happening. That would be a disaster, but I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm... with our improved bullpen alone, that is going to be a godsend at the later innings. Um, we have so much depth there. And then we do have some potential starting pitching depth. I didn't man- mention Michael Plasmeyer. We got in the trade last year for next to nothing, I believe, and another guy with command issues, but we've really honed in his stuff. He doesn't throw hard at all, but he locates, and he seems to really know how to pitch. So... He's another guy that will be getting starts throughout the season. So we do have some depth there, too. Pitching all around, we build up some nice depth. And then, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, Trey Turner alone is going to give this offense a lot of juice. Uh, obviously, we all know about the changes coming with uh, the limited pickoff attempts, the increase in base size. So he is got a guy who is going to thrive on the base pass this year he could he could definitely steal over 25 to 30 bases he could hit over 25 home runs he got 25 25 guy um a huge uh you know target would be 30 30 and 30 guy but um that's probably a little outlandish to project or expect but um yeah it's it's gonna be a fun year it's gonna be a really fun year i can't wait for it to get going just, yeah, kind of feeding off what I was just saying about Alec Bohm's season last year. Um, I'm expecting really, really big breakout things from Bohm this year. Really, really. I'm expecting him to just kind of feed off that run that he had last year. He was saying uh, in spring training about how he feels like he's addicted to the playoffs now. He really hasn't been able to stop thinking about that October run and the electric crowd in Philadelphia and just everything that that meant to those young guys i mean that's that can really have the potentiality to catapult them moving forward and their confidence so it's going to be fun to watch uh, a lot of people don't realize even the season he had from the plate last year he um he he lacked a, obviously in in extra base hits but he he really had a nice season from the plate last year he had for instance he ended up having more hits than um, elite third baseman such as Nolan Arenado, Alex Bregman, and he even tied with 
the new 10-year, $313 million man, uh, Raphael Devers. So he had more hits than Arenado, he had more hits than Bregman, and he tied Devers in hits. So yeah, I mean, if you think about it, he he didn't even start the season last year as a starter. Uh, Stott was starting at third base to open the year last year. He got demoted to Triple A towards the end of 2021, and and at uh, I don't know, I don't think he got demoted last year, but yeah, he's had a really really drama filled early start to his career that he's really had to you know buckle in and and progress from. So. Yeah, he started the year on the bench last year. He had the infamous three-error game that I already mentioned. Um, he was also heavily shopped in trade talks leading into the year. The Phillies were looking to unload him. I'm not exactly sure for what they were looking for for him. Obviously, it didn't work out. His value wasn't very high, but he was kind of an afterthought going into last year, and now he is uh, is nothing nothing of the sort. Third base is 100% his. There's nobody looming over his shoulder. And he uh, he just seems a lot more loose and comfortable now. He he also added over ten pounds in the off season, and he's just been really working with hitting coach Kevin Long to kind of potentially hit for more power, which is so far so good in spring training. He's been crushing the ball. I think he leads the team in home runs. They've been talking. He's been talking with Kevin Long, and Long's been saying that he's just been a little too antsy at the plate. He's not letting the pitcher throw bad pitches traditionally in his career long told him a quote that Alex said has really set in he told him home runs are thrown more than they're hit and that is really apparently sunk into Bohm where he's he said uh he said how many times have I let the pitcher make a mistake last year which wasn't wasn't very often because he'd be swinging very early in the count and jumping out ahead and getting himself into a, a pitcher's count to where he has to chase things out of the zone then to protect the plate and um so he's really kind of embracing being more patient and letting the pitcher make mistakes that he can can't take advantage of he can then take advantage of so a lot to look forward to there i have a big big expectations for alec bohm this year i, I think that he can really up his power o- over 20 home runs and maybe close to 25 we'll see we'll get he'll get more doubles this year i believe as well so that's going to be exciting to watch yeah a lot to look forward to i'm going to be doing uh one more episode before the official start of the season um against the rangers so we'll uh we'll have one more kind of tune up together as we prepare for the regular season so thank you thank you so much for listening to my first episode i I wish I could give you a medal if you made it this far. But yeah, I will be coming back very soon with episode number two as we get ready for the Philadelphia Phillies season as we hopefully get back into the playoffs so we can make another run at this. And let's get back to the World Series and let's bring it home this year. So once again, thank you for listening to the Phillies Focus podcast. And I will be back soon. All right, take care.